On this episode, we smoke the pledge by E.P. Carrillo. We are smoking the prequel 5 by 50 This uh, cigar made in the Dominican Republic by Carrillo features a Maduro Broadleaf Connecticut wrapper, Ecuadorian binder wrapped over Nicaraguan filler, was rated the number one cigar of 2020, came in with a rating of 98, highest rated cigar ever. Looking forward to smoking that. And we've got coffee with Francis, so we are looking forward to exploring the world of coffee. I'm your host, Johnny Midas, and you're listening to Burn Line Podcast. Burn Line Podcast. The burn line on a well-crafted cigar is straight and sharp as a razor, much like our wit and wisdom. And what's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages over the age of 21, Welcome to Burnline Podcast, coming to you not live from the smoky back room where deals are struck and fortunes are made, adjacent to the McCann Estate, nestled amongst the bucolic rolling green hills of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, USA. I'm your host, Johnny Midas. This is one of this is one of those episodes where I'm like, all right, Johnny, can we skip the intro? Look, let's just get into the cigars and can the coffee. Can we just like smoke the cigar? Yeah, yeah, come on, man. And we've got Francis with us, making us amazing coffee. Oh, I've got some coffee right here. Okay, I'm going to sip this on air. Hmm. All right. That's great. Interesting. Is it good? Yeah, it's good. That's It's pretty concentrated espresso, isn't it? Yeah, so, this is an Americano, and uh, it's got like a, I'm going to say, a fruity, acidic, and like um, Sunday morning vibe. That's what I get with it. Wow. That. Ironically enough, it is Sunday morning. Yeah, like this is not a uh, weekday get your shot of coffee before work or you know your post steak dinner this is like a nice bright get up say hello to mother earth yeah yeah yeah. this is your liver king feet on the ground and bare feet on the ground get connected with the earth yeah well i mean let's not take it too far uh (laughs) liver for breakfast lunch and dinner (laughs) his liver is king (laughs) Are we gonna get? Uh, do we? Have, are we gonna have to un- take this down if we? It, no. Or I think he's already in jail. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, right, thank gotta, you. Absolutely yeah, thank awesome. You. So we got Francis in in the hot box with us today to share some coffee. We'll be talking about coffee, uh, making kind of a hobby of his, and uh, we are smoking the Pledge by EP Carrillo, which is a fucking amazing cigar. So. Uh, Nick, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, this cigar and, I mean, these specific cigars. Yeah, go ahead. We can have as much background noise as you want. So, this cigar uh, was, this cigar was a, uh, a, a pandemic baby. This cigar was a little bit of a, yeah, a was, pandemic baby. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it was in the works for years before that, but yeah. absolutely. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, struggle bus. Yeah, it, it was came to the right in 2020, 2021 yeah. uh, region of time there. And actually, um, so Ernesto Perez Carrillo, for all of those cigar fans out there, um, had La Historia in 2014, which came in at number two mm-hmm. in the cigar aficionado list. And then um, Encore Majestic was number mm-hmm. one in 2018, I believe. Um, which was which was the second cigar in the Perez Carrillo series, and so the pledge when it you know when it was announced highly anticipated right two cigars in the series previously had come in the top two, 
in Cigar Aficionado's top 25 list. So, right. you know, what are you expecting for the third one in the series? Only greatness. I don't know. Uh, it could break either way. You know, like you you finally ran out of stuff yeah. to blend. Yeah. Or you keep, well, they kept hitting home runs, right? So Yeah, yeah, they, and they, they certainly did. Yeah, so not only was it the cigar of the year in 2020, it was also the highest ranked of all time. Is that, that still holds? Yeah, Three, yeah. Uh, yeah, for cigar aficionado, yeah, ninety eight, ninety eight, unbelievable. Yeah, because like a ninety six is like holy fuck, go buy boxes of this cigar, you know. Yeah, and a ninety four is like wow, this is a really really good cigar. Yes, yeah. I can smoke day after day. Yeah, know? and so, some years, uh, and I might be wrong about that, but some years like a ninety five wins. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and it's that's just kind of the the product of that year, but a ninety eight, and actually. Um, one of my other favorite cigars came in at a 97 in 2015, and that was the My Father Le Bijou Torpedo Box Press, 97 rated too. Um, even though the the scoring scale is uh, too high, mm-hmm. it should be yeah, it should be based like, on 50. It should be base 50. Yeah, yeah. Um, 100 is just too too many numbers. Okay, so all right, so Americano, and this has got like cream on top, so it's uh, espresso. Okay. <laughs> Wow, that kind of changes, like, yeah, really changes the presentation. Yeah. But let's say that into a microphone. <laughs> so we've got, uh, if you hear background noise, uh, Francis has got his um, coffee uh, set up all here in the hot box. And just and, uh, spewing knowledge. Yeah, just spewing knowledge. So we got um, got power out here in our uh, studio, so... We've got uh, filtered water and this machine that looks kind of like a spaceship, um, possibly a SpaceX product. Um, and yeah, yeah, our boy Elon uh, just gave it to us. That's lovely. So, um, and we have a bunch of different kinds of coffee in the in the studio. So we do, yeah. Uh, really lucky to have a couple local co- local companies actually. Uh, Waldo's is one of them. Lenka is another one. Yep. Yep. Trying uh, both of these. And my my personal favorite, Nicholas Coffee and Tea Company from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Ooh, peanut butter cup. You gotta smell this. I'm gonna open this and have you smell it. Is it does it smell like peanut yes. butter cup? But it's not like cased. Right? I mean I'm sure it's cased a little bit, right? But it doesn't look it doesn't look it's not heavy, right? It's not soaked in oil. My goodness. Good God, that smells like Reese's. Totally. Isn't that unbelievable? Yeah. But but the beans look natural. Yeah. They don't have like that M&M crust around the outside. Right, right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they 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 look like normal coffee beans. If you if you handed me a handful of those beans, I'd be like, "Yeah, there's nothing on here." That's unbelievable. Till you smell them. So, uh Francis, you were talking about you just brewed an americano and an espresso, exact same bean. Um they they came out really differently so tell me about what's yeah, going on there so um i mean like with like with tobacco um there's so much versatility with just preparation right um so as you know like depending on ratio of wrapper binder filler um you can get completely different tasting blends um and with um even just how you burn a cigar and how fast you're smoking it you're gonna get totally different flavor profiles totally different experiences um and with coffee preparation 
um, specifically like in the case of espresso, um, depending on how hot the water is hitting the grind, how fine, how loose the grind size is, um, depending on how much water you're pulling through, what the pressure is, if the pressure is consistent, there are a lot of variables. And so you having tasted the exact same beans with slightly different grind size, you're getting completely different flavor profiles. Yeah, well, great, uh, like real time, uh, education you know like hands-on show and tell this is the only way i can excuse myself to have like vices for caffeine and tobacco right (laughs) Right. um it's like if i know more about this i can i can have more of it right yeah totally and and now it's a hobby not a vice that's right that's right yeah i'm an enthusiast absolutely or appassionado so nick uh if we don't start smoking these cigars soon i'm gonna shut off the podcast and quit so tell, tell us about these specific cigars Right, so the the Pledge prequel, um, the line, the blend is called Pledge. Uh, prequel designates the size. So this one is a 5x50, uh, typical Robusto, soft box press with a Parejo cap. Um, and I think like you alluded to in the intro, uh, it has a, a you know, Connecticut Broadleaf Maduro wrapper, mm-hmm. um, I believe Ecuador binder, Yep. and then uh, Nicaraguan fillers. Yep. Which is um, interesting because uh, La Alianza, the factory, Ernesto's factory, is actually based in the Dominican. Yeah. So he kind of is like a Dominican, he you know, Dominican-based manufacturer. Um, And so, you know, not having much of any Dominican tobacco in this blend was interesting. Um, I just think the, I think the outlay there is fascinating because, you know, like Broadleaf, Connecticut, Broadleaf, Maduro... Or I guess this is technically like Habano. I don't know. Connecticut Habano. Connecticut yeah. Habano. So Habano grown in the Connecticut River Valley, or yeah, I I think I it's don't I don't know. Yeah, it's that, that's the that's the bottom line. So yeah. I don't I don't know what the, what the brand is. Unfor- yeah, unfortunately, it's it's unclear. But you know, from but known for like that type of tobacco is known for, um, you know, your kind of earthy, chocolatey, meaty flavors yep your ecuadorian is you know kind of not yeah known for those flavors and then your nicaragua is like on the spicy yeah side so i feel like uh you know just thinking about the leaves like that's a really interesting combo just without tasting the cigar yeah right and this cigar was slated to release in spring of 2020 um and then the pandemic happened yeah and uh and it got pushed to fall of 2020 so these sat for an extra six months in the in the aging room six to, six to nine months yeah almost 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 an entire year six um just aging in you know in the cedar rooms in the dominican republic before they were were sent out to retailers um and and i'll tell you i i picked up a box the day i saw it um and we smoked one and it was it was unbelievable all right so the uh, Perez Carrillo Pledge, and as you said, they call the uh, Vitola the prequel, but it's basically a standard Robusto softbox press. Let's talk about the presentation. So the uh, wrapper to me, rustic. Um, you know, it's not toothy, but it, it definitely has texture, a lot of yes, texture. Yes, 100%. Um, bumpy, rough. Yeah. yeah, it has this uh, gold ribbon on the foot, and 
the only thing that I don't like about it is they use kind of this typical uh, clear tape to seal the ribbon. I see that a lot mm-hmm. on most cigars. And if you think about how you make a cigar, uh, it's definitely the most efficient way to put that ribbon there. However, I don't like how it looks. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I like it better than gluing the ribbon because sometimes the ribbon gets stuck to the... Absolutely, because the glue sometimes soaks through the ribbon. Exactly. Uh, because, you know, it's woven. But ribbon, these just, they slide off so easy when you put that tape on. Yeah. All you got to do is... the tail is loose if you want to mess with it. Yeah. Which I'm doing. Yeah, look at that. Boom. simple, easy. Right. No wrapper damage. No wrapper damage whatsoever. And then we've got the... Uh, Perez Carrillo Pledge main band with the Perez Carrillo band underneath. Um, it's got that like royal marine blue. Kind of, there's actually like three shades of blue in there. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah. Um, very, what I call old world styling. So, like a lot of Carrillo's branding, um, for folks that aren't familiar, think, uh, I guess, like in the spirit of my father, kind of in the 100%. The 100%. Language. Absolutely. La Roma de Cuba. Yeah. Yep. In contrast to, uh, you know, like, oh, Upman or some of these, even uh, even Padron kind of goes after the old school, like pre-embargo uh, band style, where it's like, here's a five millimeter thick band, you know, right? That just has the thing on it. Yeah. This is the I'm wearing fucking gloves and I'm not going to get them stained with tobacco band, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Let's do this, dude! Come on, man. All right, it is time for the official cutting brought to you by Fat Boy Cigars. The bold and delicious flavors of premium hand-selected tobacco leaves are highlighted in the original Jacked Cigar by Fat Boy Cigars, as well as the Jacked 2. And don't forget to try the Fat Boy Cigars Boots on the Ground series. For every cigar you purchase in this series, Fat Boy Cigars will donate $1 to charities benefiting our frontline heroes. Fat Boy Cigars, welcome, welcome to, to the, the Fat, Fat Boy's, Boys World. world. Woohoo! Great sponsor. We're uh, really happy to be partnered up with them and the uh, work that they're doing with the uh, donations. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So I think it was over 200 bucks yep. for uh, yeah. breast cancer awareness. Yeah. Uh, that's fantastic. Um, Thin Red Line coming soon for us on this podcast. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Right. We're going to smoke that on the podcast. Yeah, very soon. Um, all right. So getting these cigars clipped, as always, we remind you to clip those cigars with authority. No limp-wristed cutting allowed. So we've got these little uh, kind of jingles that we do. You know, clip the cigar with authority, toasted, not roasted. And uh, we did talk about, um, you know, what do we mean? What's the difference between toasted and roasted? Oh, yeah. And uh, I lit up that spare cigar. Yeah. And and just showed you what, you know, what roasting is. So, yeah, some of it, like, we, we definitely you know have this like branding and stuff um but it's so that it's memorable so you won't ruin a perfectly good cigar all right uh let's do a cold draw on this one yeah cedar and and chocolate i was gonna say besides the ubiquitous raisins yeah uh, right definitely got cedar on that and uh yeah like a cedar cedar stick that someone licked and then stuck in a cocoa powder can yeah 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 in the chocolate fountain yeah 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 (laughs) All right. I gotta fill my lighter real quick. Give me one second. All right. Yes, Nick the Brick is uh, filling up his lighter. Uh, we're using butane torches. I am using my 
Electrician's Butane Torch. It's kind of my new favorite. I think I've been using it. Yeah. That, I mean, that, now, I got to warn you and everybody else. Warn I me. have the world's most Johnny Midas lighter ever coming. You, you said that last week, too. I uh, did, yeah. I mean... Where is it at? In it's transit? It's being manufactured for me. Wow, custom made. Yes. I had this lighter custom made for Johnny Midas. And when you see it, you are going to fucking laugh your ass off because it's perfect. I mean, it is literally perfect. It's better than the Rocky one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's an off-the-shelf one that just kind of matches the vibe. Yeah. But yeah. this one is, like, severe for real. So... All right, and you've got your triple flame, and uh, Francis is using El Matchball. So let's get to toasting. Come and on. as always, we remind you, toasted, not roasted. And this is one of those cigars that just reminds you not to fuck up your cigar. Yeah, take like, your time, for the love of God. Like, this, this is such a nice cigar. And this particular box... March 2021, is that? Yeah, March 2021. And they've been aging properly since. That's one thing I got to say about Nick the Brick. His uh, awesome cigar collection is also properly cared for, which I greatly appreciate. Are you down? Are you down to help me make an Excel spreadsheet of my inventory? Yeah, we can do that. All right. It's a trap. Francis says it's a trap. It's probably a fucking trap. No, no. Every time I've helped this man sitting here, this liar. Every time you've every, helped him. Yeah. Every single time I've helped him inventory everything, he's let it utterly go to waste. Uh, we've spent hours, hours going through. So, so this is one of those things where like um, you, act, you make the spreadsheet, you never use it, and you never update it, and then you get someone to do it again. I, that's fine. If that's the case, fine. If you guys if you guys force my hand and I never use the spreadsheet again, no problem. But where'd you get that? Where'd that come from? That you made? Okay. This is so good. We it's, are taking our first couple of puffs. It smells so good. Oh, just take it as slow as you can. Okay, so my first comment is absolutely the temperature and humidity on this is damn near perfect. I know there's a little window there. I would say that this is probably uh, like 68% in humidity. And uh, the hot box is the perfect temperature for smoking cigars. What are we, about 68 right now? In here? It's 65 maybe. 65. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's cooler in here. Yeah. And I keep my house that cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which uh, affects, for me, it definitely affects the taste buds. Um and experience because as it warms up, like my uh, nasal cavities start producing like more mucus, and um, I think there's also just a correlation between temperature and either dryness in the winter or um, fucking uh, pollen and shit in the summer. You, so you want smelling salts? No, <laughs> no, no. Did that once, and uh, god never, damn, that was awesome. Back. though. we were. Uh, uh, Harper was inside, and uh, and I I gave John the smelling salts, and he goes, "Oh, Jesus!" <laughs> <laughs> and 
And and Harper's just starts barking, going crazy. Like, what's going on out there? I thought it was the second coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that was. I mean, yes, yeah. He hit it hard. He but hit it hard. but seriously, like it was this far away. Like it was this, and I was like, I'm just gonna get. I'm gonna see what I'm getting into. Yeah. And like, <gasps> yeah, yeah. That stuff is Punch real. Me in the fucking nose. Yeah. That was a sinus rocket. My dumbass opened the can <laughs> in the car. Yeah. It says, do not do this in a car. We were just like passing it back and forth. like. And now it's totaled. Does anybody know a good insurance company? <laughs> Francis, tell me about your stick. Yeah, okay. So, Nick, is this, is this one bringing you back to the first time we tasted this blend? So this was middle of the pandemic. These had just launched. Um, and we had been waiting for them. We, we remember when they delayed them, and we'd been waiting for them for... About eight months before we got a hold of that box, uh, different Vitola though, right? Yeah, we so we yeah we had the Sojourn, um, and I that really is like one of the singular smoking experiences I had where I lived what I've said, which is you you should only smoke a cigar for exactly as long as you enjoy it. Um, but then like part of me always had that like nagging suspicion of like, nah, but are you like wasting your money if you're putting a stick out and it's like yeah half gone or, or you're at the quarter mark do you take the wrapper off to continue smoking i i don't think i can say i truly believed it until that moment yeah. nick you want to you want to bring us through what yeah. that experience was dark room yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so that i had uh i traveled to i traveled into maryland that day and um i went down to bethesda and i i went into a store that i uh haven't been into haven't been in a while and um, I didn't know, so I, I I knew that the pledge had shipped, but I didn't know that they had arrived anywhere. Um, and as soon as I saw it, I impulse bought an entire box, which was a box of ten, not having tried the cigar at all. Um, and it was the the Sojourn, so it was a six by fifty two Vitola uh, with the same kind of box press style. Um, and I and Francis and I were uh, bunking up at the time, and uh, and I came home that evening and I was like hey I got something because it's you know we'd been talking about it for months and uh and he was like oh you want to go down you want to go down to the shop and like we, we had after hours access so I went down to the store and sat in the back lounge with all the lights off no tv on no phones yeah 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 we were yeah so set and setting were perfect you weren't yeah. distracted yep like we, all our senses were were um, dedicated to the quiet. cigar. Quiet, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think we match toasted or cedar toasted. Yeah, three match lights. Yeah, I, I th- yeah, I think we used three matches each, with the long matches, and we smoked, toasted, not roasted. Oh, uh, we toasted, we toasted the crap out of that cigar, and uh, and we smoked um, two and a half to three inches of it, of the six inch cigar. And we put it down, and we were like, "That was it." That was amazing. Yeah, that was. No, 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 that was it. Like, that was amazing. And like, yeah. That's, that's and it. I'm satiated. Well, well, all right. That was it. That was the pinnacle. Yeah. Right. Like that was that was the height of. <clears throat> um, I mean that that was the height of enjoyment. There, I I wanted nothing more after that. Mm-hmm. And we probably went outside and smoked a cigarette or something. <laughs> but, <laughs> 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 um, yeah. Looking, looking back, I'm like, man, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I've got a couple of notes um, 
first of all, the draw is just about perfect on mine. Yeah. I used my Perdomo close-ended double guillotine, and it looks like it took off just enough. So, you know, I'm not a cigar snob, but I'm very picky. So <clears throat> I like to say that I'm not a snob, and everyone else says I am. But I'm very particular about back pressure. Right? Like, draw pressure is a big component of cigar enjoyment for me. Um, sometimes with uh, box press the draw changes after it lights up. A lot of the time it gets tighter. Uh, sometimes it gets looser, but usually it gets tighter. Yeah. Um, that heat will, well, expand the tobacco and... Yeah, because if you look at the, the foot that's, you know, where the cherry is, like, it's not box-pressed anymore. It's round. Yeah. That's normal. Yep. Um, and so I'm half an inch in, which means the change is, like, here to stay, and the back pressure is perfect on it. Look at the burn line. It's like perfect you know we talk about the yeah. three tones of the burn line yeah and uh the ash is super tight ash is super tight there's it's almost there's one w- small flake fantastic um smoke output yeah it's not a smoke bomb but fantastic Dang it. i should i should have looked at the cigars these are uh my cigars that i was just so nice enough to share with uh, John and Francis, and I should have checked them before, but Francis got the toothy one. Francis got the toothy one. Francis right. got some bumps on his, which well, is there's awesome. Like, there's the there's very soft bumps all over mm-hmm. the leaf, mm-hmm. but it's not really what we would call toothy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely that uh, dry aged, super aged uh, tobacco. Yeah, yeah, that's toothy. Love it, and. By the way, this is the new in thing for folks that are trying to put a luxury brand together for cigars. Um, what uh, you know, what, what's really popular right now, what people are looking for in a cigar is, first of all, it needs to look like it came out of the earth, um, like farmer's market fresh kind of thing. And uh, this has that down in spades, you know, so the kind of like uh, end of the cigar boom. There was this thing where, like, they were trying to make the wrapper leaf look super smooth and shiny. Um, that is not really common anymore. So we, we experienced that on the uh, Septimo Botticelli, and we commented on how smooth and waxy the wrapper was. And uh, definitely went to a lot of trouble with that wrapper, but that's just not cool anymore. Um, and then the other aspect, and we encourage all cigar manufacturers to take advantage of this, is social media and the Internet in general, like... I want to be able to go to your website and click on the cigar and see the regions and mm-hmm. you know how it was aged and all of that. Tell a story, mm-hmm. you know, make this super cool. I don't want to guess, you know, this uh, undisclosed blend thing. I mean, <clears throat> I get if you have to do it for legal reasons, yeah, but right. uh, you know that is part of the cigar smoking experience anymore. The yeah. smartphone and cigar—that's the new thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so take advantage of it. Uh, gorgeous cigar, but smoke output and back pressure is just about perfect. Yeah. Um, really, uh, really impressed with this. And then the other thing is, I'm getting a little bit of a buzz. Like, this is a strong, strong cigar. What's up, everybody? Johnny Midas here with my smoke of the week. I am smoking the Solamente 2023 limited release from All Saints Cigars. This is a 5x58 that is rolled in Rocky Patel's Tabacusa factory in Esteli, Nicaragua. It has a Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro wrapper, which is wrapped around Nicaraguan and Honduran leaves. 
This is a strong and robust cigar with uh, characteristics of charred wood, dark chocolate, um, and some of that baking spice rack flavors like uh, cloves and maybe allspice. Uh, all of that wrapped around a nice earthy flavor. So go ahead and grab you a All Saints Solamente Limited Edition 2023. If you like a strong, punchy smoke, this is the cigar for you. I'm Johnny Midas, and you're listening to Burn Line Podcast. Yeah, it is. And we're drinking, you know, this coffee is awesome. Very concentrated espresso and Americanos here. But so the, the like two are two are going, Yeah. It's like two ounces, maybe. The two are going really well together, though. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So here's what's interesting on this is the, uh, like the predominant flavors. Like, I've definitely got leather, um, nuts, chocolate. But if you pay attention, especially if you, I think it's because I retrohale almost every, almost every puff, there's apple pie in there. It's like apples wow. and cinnamon and sugar and wow. spice. Wow. I mean, this is this is one of those cigars that um, I would describe as like intoxicating. Mm-hmm. This is just a, you know, right man. now this is one of those cigars where it's like if you're a cigar smoker, you have these like holy grail moments mm-hmm. where it's like that is what smoking a cigar should be. Yeah, you know, yep, like coddled in the arms of cigar luxury. Nothing else really uh, distracting your senses. I forgot to tell you guys, I spilled bleach on this box uh, a couple weeks ago. <laughs> You're so full of shit. <laughs> pool, yeah, pool. Yep, chlorine and uh, laundry. Laundry <laughs> detergent. Um, yeah, this is fantastic. Really, really good. Awesome. You know what's really cool job. about the cigar? What's really cool about the cigar? You can actually smell the wrapper while you're smoking it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you can smell like peanuts. Mm-hmm. Like there's peanuts on the wrapper. Mm-hmm. I think that's where I'm getting the nut flavor from, actually. Also, like the, the flavor of the, just the wrapper on the lips. Yeah, the, the, uh, Francis is saying the the flavor of the wrapper on the lips. It's like peanuts, graham cracker. Like there's something. There's a sweetness. Dude, I yeah, want some yeah, of this peanut and graham I want cracker. some of this peanut butter cup coffee. Peanut butter cup coffee. So you're gonna ruin a perfectly good cigar with an infused <laughs> coffee. Way to go. Nick the brick. This is, I think this is how they grew it. This is how it came out of the ground. Yeah, they it's, planted. They took a they took a peanut butter cup, a Reese's peanut butter cup, and they put the seed well, they, in the cup. Yeah, and then they transplanted it. Well, they hybridized. Uh, they hybridized the coffee bean with the peanut butter cup plant, and that's that's how they got it. Yeah, yeah. Reese's grows their products. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole thing right now going on with like a labor dispute with the uh, labor that they use to pick those Reese's cups off the trees. <laughs> like, Come on, here, smell this bag of coffee again. You don't like that? I like it. It's very strong. Oh my gosh, you guys are babies. That smells so good. I didn't get to trick or treat this year, all right? Right? You want some chocolate? So we are smoking the Pledge by E.P. Carrillo. We are smoking the prequel 5x50 size and uh, getting a lot of enjoyment out of this so far. Fantastic cigar. Um, And uh, we are drinking some coffee that was freshly prepared for us. Ground, measured, weighed out, 
and made uh, by Francis. So, uh, Francis, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about coffee? So, coffee is one of those things that pairs well with cigars. We're we're always enjoying a cup. I think every episode. Um, but there's more to coffee than just a uh, than a Keurig. So, Francis, why don't you tell us about coffee? Yeah. No. So. <clears throat> I think my entry point with coffee was really through tobacco first or just realizing I'm always drinking coffee when I'm either smoking a pipe or smoking a cigar. Um, and so um, the way that I treated my experience with tobacco was also, well, let's learn more about this thing. Um, and I can be obsessive. And so I just love to to learn as much as I can, probably to the point that I'm like, I'm we're splitting hairs here. Um, yeah. For example, like cigar taxonomy is just an utter mess. Um, with, I think the the draw and why things pair so well, like the the culture of coffee and the culture of tobacco, um, that's so great is that there's, it, it's an organic product, right? And so yeah. there's going to be variation, there's going to be uh, versatility, um, and so like you never like you can remove as many variables as you want, but you always know what you're getting is going to be unique and original, right? Um, the, I mean, the mark of a good uh, blend in either case, right? Whether it be for um, a cigar or in the case of a, a unique uh, coffee blend is like that it's standardized, right? You, When you pick up the same cigar time and time again, you, you expect to get the same flavor profiles, the same notes, the same smoking experience. The same is going to be with coffee too. Um, and the challenge is also the same, right? So you're expecting, I get the same brand of coffee. Um, is this going to taste the same? Right. And so that's the challenge that the, the blenders and the roasters have in both cases. And I think too, the, the aha moment is very special when you're tasting different cigars and different coffees. Um, and that's kind of something that drew me in at first was, you know, you, you were the one that taught me a lot about cigars and you would hand me one cigar and say, here, you taste these notes in this one. Now try this other cigar. Right, right. Right. And you see how they're different. Yeah. And I'm like, my eyes just, you know, get wide. I'm like, wow, how is that? How is that possible? It's crazy. And we're having that same experience with, you know, with, with some of these coffees this morning as well. And, and, and generally speaking, that's kind of what we like about, um, coffee. Yeah. And anything that grows in the ground, like you have to make friends with it, mm -hmm. you know, whether you're a chef. So, you know, my side thing is cooking, right? Um, you have to like make friends with the ingredients. How am I going to make this shine? You know, and it's the same with tobacco leaves. It's the same with coffee. Anything that grows in the ground, you have so many variables that go into the final product. You know, the weather that year, right? Yeah, hundred um, percent. Or same thing with wine. You know, you've got to uh, mm. take advantage of what came out of the ground that year. We have to do a wine episode. Yeah, we got to do. A wine we episode. have to. And uh, I just realized that our uh, creepy golden Johnny Midas. Studio art is smoking a fucking pledge. Look at that. Wow. I mean, it's it is exactly fucking. You gotta snap this. Yeah, this is this has got to go on Insta. <laughs> I mean, this is this is amazing. This is amazing. How did we didn't even plan this? We didn't even plan. The, the, I mean, it's a pledge. Look. You think he took it out of my stash? I think he did. I mean, <laughs> and it's even it's even the prequel size. Like, yeah. Yep. That's the reason lovely. that the statue is creepy, besides the uncanny valley thing, is like, Francis, look at this hand. Okay. That's, that's a fat hand to a small face. First. Yeah, and then look at the face. So this looks like a 45-year-old powerlifter feeding a cigar to a 12-year-old. To a child. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what, <laughs> Do not 
yeah, yeah. We, yeah, yes, yeah that's uh, right. That's right. We absolutely do not condone that. Uh, yeah, that is so. that is a fully grown, like large man. Yes. Hand. Look at that thumb. Yeah, that's that's potentially a crossbreed with a that's gorilla. That's a toe. <laughs> this is this is actually uh, Tarzan when he was a child, um, and his his gorilla father was was actually yeah. <laughs> feeding a cigar to Jane. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, very tiny face. Uh, well, let's just say you don't have to get the proportions right to sell clotch on Instagram that people like Johnny Midas are going to buy just because it's a gold statue with a cigar. <laughs> yeah, I would just be creeped out when this thing starts moving. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got to get more uh, corny studio art for sure. Yeah, we got to get a studio. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, the hotbox isn't good enough for you? Uh, the hotbox is, it's like one of those things where like uh, home is where the heart is, right? The hotbox is where the cigars are. Mm. Wherever we are and the cigars are, it's the hotbox, right? Don't give away all our secrets, man. This studio cost a hundred thousand dollars. <throat> yeah, of my money. <laughs> oh, so uh, speaking of coffee, um, there's a lot of different types of ways to make coffee. What's on my face? Can't you got it. Don't get it. It was just a little fuzzy. Yeah, spider web on my face. Can I ask Francis to take us through the process with this machine? Yeah, but let's talk about uh, some different ways of preparing coffee. Uh, Francis, you want to? Yeah. Yeah, talk us through. Nice. I think everybody's familiar with the Keurig because, and and I'm not putting anybody down, but, you know, I've gone to cigar lounges across the U.S., um, 15 different states, you know, dozens of cigar lounges. Uh, a lot of them and the owners are, you know, we're friends, we email, they let me know when they have special shit in, you know, all of this. But the most common thing I'll see in these lounges is a Keurig, which mm-hmm. I freaking hate because mm-hmm. I like coffee. Um, yeah, but similar to like the cigar smoking experience, um, like anybody smoking a cigar, it is their right to enjoy it how they're going to. Mm-hmm. Now we can judge whether or not, like you might enjoy it more if you did it these ways, but at the mm-hmm. end of the day, like everybody's going to enjoy things differently. Um, the and Keurig I think is just, that's the case with coffee too. Yeah. The Keurig is just very easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's the convenience of it. Yeah. Right. It's very convenient. If you're running a store for sure, yeah, like I'm just right. going to Costco and getting the bulk mm-hmm. pods and mm-hmm. it's cost effective. Um, horrible for the environment you know the usual things that americans prioritize yeah is this gonna is this gonna be cheap for me fast mm-hmm. and um like affect some sea turtle somewhere mm-hmm. yeah i want that yeah 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 in automobile manufacturing they have this triangle right it can be good it can be fast it can be cheap pick yeah. two yeah you know yep. and i completely reject that paradigm i think you can have it all but there's some truth there uh, <laughs> So, all right, so everyone knows the Keurig. I think everybody knows, like, the automatic drip. Yeah, yeah, you know, and basket I mean, drip. drip is classic, right? Um, a lot of great drip machines out there. Um, so part of this is what's going to determine what, like, mode or method that you're brewing your coffee um, is going to be grind size and then the type of roast you have, right? So particular types of roasts will just lend better to, like, drip coffee. Um, so it can be tricky if you have, like, a really light blend, um, to be able to pull espresso with it right now, depending on like your grinder, your grind size, you, you might be able to pull something, but, um, in the same way that like, if you've got a really great wrapper that you want to showcase in a Lancero, um, where it's like a delicate wrapper and it won't come through with a particularly like strong filler. Um, yeah, you, you might not be able to get those notes in the case of like pulling espresso or using French press, 
um, as you would with like something like drip, you know? So um, you're able to take into account all these different factors of um, like, let's look at this roast. Let's look at like our ingredients here. And then again, like be in relationship with it. See, see like what is going to be best? Like how is this best going to manifest its, its flavors, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you, you were mentioning earlier that you, you love a good French press and I do too. So, um, and one of the differences as far as grind goes with French press versus espresso is you're grinding way, way finer for espresso and you're getting like all the extraction through those fine particles with uh, French press, you've got a much coarser grind size. And so, um, the way it's extracting is slower and over time. Right. And then you're, you're pushing the grinds out. Yeah. So different ways to, uh, roast the coffee, different ways to grind the coffee, different ways to brew the coffee. And have you experimented, like you'll have one bean mm. and you'll mm-hmm. kind of grind it and and uh, brew it several different ways. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then um, even just with, like, say in the case of espresso, is just tweaking grind size. You know, so like I'll, I'll pull an espresso shot and I'll like make it into an Americano or I'll make it a latte. Um, or I'll have a single bean and I'll try it. I'll grind it for drip. I'll grind it for um, French press and then I'll make it for espresso. And then normally I'll be like, okay, this one's best in one of these ways. Right, right. Yeah. So a little experimentation. It's a little bit... Uh, um, not quite a finished product. So it's different mm-hmm. from a cigar. Like when, when you have a cigar, you, you roast it and you taste it. But mm-hmm. with the coffee bean, like you're kind of doing that last bit, right? Yeah. So it's right. almost like a, if you had a cigar starter kit where you had like a, yeah. a yeah. filler and binder right. and you could choose the wrapper kind of, and, yeah, yeah. you know, stuff um, like that. It, maybe it might, it might like translate better to something like the pipe experience. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So like you've got the blend and, um, like, how am I going to pack this pipe? Am I going to choose something with, like, a bigger bowl so it smokes cooler? You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of variability when it comes to, to smoking a blend in a pipe. We should do a pipe episode. Mm-hmm. I like pipes, but uh, there's so much damn work. That's the that's the only thing. Nah, yeah, it's it's being in a relationship again, right? Yeah. You've got your pipe. Your, yeah. um, you got to care for your pipe. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's the ritualized aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's part of what makes, you know, these hobbies so enjoyable to me is like the ritualized Mm -hmm. aspect, Mm -hmm. you know, where you're making, you're creating space in your life for something enjoyable and unnecessary. Right. So there's a little bit of a pampering element. Mm -hmm. And it uh, reminded me, I was thinking on the the drive over here about three archetypal uh, cigar smokers. And I thought, should I share this with the audience? Like, is there value to this? And I think there is because it, it might help our listeners kind of figure out. Uh, their behaviors and how they can maximize their enjoyment. Um, and the first uh, first archetype is the non-cigar smoker mm-hmm. that picks up a cigar from time to time to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for folks in that category, maybe that type is not uh, so likely to listen to this podcast, but maybe they picked up a cigar that they don't, you know, they don't normally smoke cigars and they want to know about it and they found it on our podcast. So they're listening to our, our episode, right? They're like, I picked up a pledge by Carrillo. What should I expect? You know, that sort of thing. Well, you can't, you can't get into the hobby without doing that first part, right? Is, is have the occasional cigar and... Yeah, I think so, right? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about people who enter the hobby and how, how they get into it, right? You, you, smoke that, you smoke the one-off cigar, right? Not intending to, like, have big boxes of cigars in your house, right? right? Um, and then you, like, you kind of fall in love with it or you really like the experience so much that you continue to pursue it. Yeah, Nick. So, um, how long ago was it that we smoked our first cigar together? 
2019? No, it was 19. Yeah, I think it was probably summer of 19. No, it was your graduation, right? So it was May, May of 19. Um, so I... 19 what? What's that? May of 19 what? 2019. Oh, good God, you baby. All right, keep going. Yeah, yeah no. so um, it was great because I had been... Uh, at the cigar club at that point for a while and um, had been learning a lot of stuff and having a lot of fun with it. And I was like, I got to get Nick into this. Um, and so what I did was we were um, at our friend's house and um, I had I had brought some cigars and one of those cigars that I brought, it was a number two, so it was a Pyramid Diamond Crown Maximus that was about 17 years old out of mm. a special line. Mm. Um and I had lit it, and I was like, all right, Nick, you have to taste this. And Nick just straight inhales the entire thing. <laughs> well, no, no, no. So, I mean, you, you were like, what do I do with this? How, what, what is this experience? Um, and at that moment, I realized, oh, okay. So it was like a learning moment for me, too, in like how to teach about cigars. Yeah. Um, it was, oh, like you have to, you have to choose the right um, like setting and also like the right cigar for somebody who's brand new to something. Um, because your experience now, or maybe even your experience six months after that would have been completely different having smoked some more cigars in between then, um, to be able to have those points of comparison, right? Like you don't know the difference between an aged cigar and an unaged cigar until you smoke them. Right. Um, and 17 years is for that blend, just a phenomenal amount of aging. Um, and so for, for you, I think like when it comes to some of the first cigars that you like used as your entry point i'm thinking about the number four lancero for my father i'm thinking about the white series for ashton yep absolutely yep so the the nat sherman metropolitan line we were really big fans of nat sherman we were pretty heartbroken when when um yeah altry dropped them but happy that mike herklotz continued the the beloved the beloved lines and i got into uh cigars in a little different way i was looking for you know where can i meet interesting people with disposable income and uh, i was literally going through the yellow pages because that still existed back then and uh, i was in i was in uh, chattanooga tennessee i was at corporate for some training i didn't know anything in the city i'm like oh the old-fashioned candy shop you know all this touristy stuff i'm like i don't want to waste my time doing touristy stuff i want to meet people yeah and i saw a cigar lounge and i was like well, yeah, I mean, I associated cigars with, like, old rich people, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I was like, I'll go hang out there. So I went and uh, I met a retired federal district court judge and a 102-year-old Iwo Jima vet mm-hmm. who was walking around puffing on a cigar with oxygen in his nose. Amazing. He did not give a fuck. No. ZFG, sharp as a tack and sarcastic. I'm like, he's just too, uh, this guy's just too ornery to pass away. And I was hooked, you know. And for me, like the, uh, I guess the lounge experience is uh, an integral part, right? So I do smoke, 100%. smoke cigars, but the lounge is very important to me. Yeah. And meeting other folks. Yeah. Um, so that's the uh, first archetype. And if you're in that category, you know, my recommendation would be listen to Burnline Podcast, get some cigar knowledge. Um, you know, even if you're only smoking, you know, when you're with the boss on the golf course yeah. or... Uh, for your anniversary or or whatever, um, it can only improve your experience to 
have some knowledge and experiment a little bit. Well, and you need to take that. You need to take thirty seconds while you're having a cigar, doing whatever you're going to do, and, and just think to yourself, "Do I enjoy this?" Right? Ask yourself that question. Right? Am and, I doing this for show, social status yeah. or because I enjoy it? Right. And then that's gonna, you know, then we can follow the the question tree out from there. But that's that's really the if your answer is no. Yeah, if you're doing it for social status, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know, now you just know I'm not going to buy one of these on my own. Yeah. But you might find yourself like, hey, this is actually really enjoyable. Right. Exactly. Grinding some coffee in the background here. And look at the legs on this espresso. You can see like the very fine grinds in there. It's so it was so thick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was just unbelievable. And uh, the second archetype is the daily cigar smoker. So this is the guy with a Havana Q hanging out of his mouth, you know, that uh, always has a cigar, right? If if you're that guy, then what you want to figure out is what can you afford to smoke every day that's kind of like the best experience that you can afford, yeah. right? Um, I always joke that, you know, my my uh, financial goals is to be able to smoke a Padron every time. <laughs> yeah, you know? right, yeah. Uh, daily smoking uh, a Padron. Yeah. Um, no, <laughs> no, wrong P word. Uh, no, actually, I'm a Fuente guy. Uh, I collect Fuentes to me like, I don't know, it's just, it's like the uh, classic cigar experience. Yeah, and you like that uh, Cuban style. Yeah, 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 definitely. For sure. Um, but, uh, and then the, the, so if you're in that category, yeah, I would say your goal is what can I purchase on the daily um, that, you know, rings my bell. Um you know that that I can budget for, and then the the third archetype is uh, actually probably the the most folks that I know that smoke cigars fall into this category, and it's the person for whom you know smoking a cigar is uh, something they do more frequently than you know the special occasion cigar smoker. Maybe not daily. It's me. Yeah. Yeah. But it's you're pampering yourself. Yeah. The, the archetype is this is a completely unnecessary, enjoyable, and not cheap hobby right. that I'm doing um, to not, pamper myself. Not all the time, right? Not all the time what? You're not doing it all the time. Yeah, you're not doing it all the time. Right. Yeah. The, the second archetype is the guy that does it all the time. Right, right. Yeah. No, this is a special tr- the special treat guy. And most of the cigar smokers I know fall into this category. I believe this is me. Yeah, yeah. I do not smoke a cigar every day. Yeah. This is my first cigar this week. It's Sunday. This is my first cigar <laughs> last week. <laughs> first cigar since last week. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. First cigar. This is the first cigar I smoked since we smoked the, I don't even know what we smoked last week. Oh, the Tatuaje Monster. Yeah. 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 I really hope I can recover that audio. We had yeah. a Halloween special. It's not on the webs yet. Um, had some te- technical difficulties there, uh, which I sorted out. Uh, for this episode so but yeah and and uh you know this sort of category um you're looking for you know how can i treat myself there's still a budget involved obviously um but you know it involves i guess uh i would say smoke your way around the humidor yeah you know we talked about this before this is kind of like that uh, intermediate step that's of right like yeah. try the different countries regions blends wrappers sizes you know vitolas um and then figure out what you like right um and then you you know like i i feel like a Carrillo pledge right you know that's right 
That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's that's. I think that's an excellent point, right? When you get to the point where, uh, where your mood dictates what you smoke, yeah. and you yeah. kind of have a good grasp of um, what would satiate your mood. It, right, right. Like I'm, I'm trundling along in my uh, in the beast, my 2002 Forerunner, the three inch lift and the 35 inch mutters, and I'm listening to like the opening track to Predator, and I've got a jam- a lunatic jammed in between my teeth. Yeah, that's you a know, mood. Like, that's a mood. a mood, right? Yes, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, and or or right or you um. You're you have like a suit and tie on for some reason, and like you want to sit on the back porch with like a nice cup of tea and and a Ferry Otega. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. It's 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 all about that, like, and and the knowledge right that you develop to be able to fit that mood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- John, I think that's an excellent point, man. That's probably the smartest thing you've ever said. <laughs> Low bar, I know. <laughs> So I've also got some uh, coffee beans here, and I brought them whole, you know, non-ground, just so you could, like, run your fingers through it, mm-hmm. and you can feel, you know, when we look at look at the beans, we look at how they present, we smell them, and then I also feel them, you know, feel them for oil. These are not super oily, a little no. waxy. Yeah. Um, But you can really kind of experience uh, the beans, and I always do this with my beans. Like I'll stick my fingers, and then I rub them together, and you can feel the oil, right? Yeah. So as I rub them, like my fingers are now oily. But the bean is—it's not like uh, you know, it looks like oil, and I can like smear it off. Right. Right. That would be the um, the El Septimo Botticelli. Yes. Right. Yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. Leaves your sting, your fingers sticky. That's right. Um, you can get that on coffee beans too. Hundred percent. Um, Usually when they're treated, but anyway. So that's just an example of some uh, beans. And then, you know, when I'm preparing my coffee, most of the time uh, I have a Nespresso at work and I'll make a little uh, one and a half ounce um, espresso with it. Again, cheap, easy. Um, The Nespresso brand coffee is actually pretty good. Uh, Typically it's an Italian roast, Um, although you can branch out now. I got some Cuban the other day. Ooh, Cuban coffee. Yeah, Cuban Cuban Nespresso pods. Uh, they were Cuban Nespresso pods. Ridiculously expensive. They were like a dollar sixty-five a pod or something. Wow. No coffee. I don't know. Um, they were so expensive because I got them in Europe. So maybe yeah. it was actual Im- imported from Switzerland. Yeah. Maybe it was actual Cuban coffee. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but Habanos essay. But when I'm you know kind of ritualizing the coffee. It's French press, and that's largely because I have an auto drip, a Keurig, an espresso, and a French press. So, yeah. given those choices, different types, I usually select the French press. Right, and I like to start from actual beans. I don't buy ground coffee yeah. because basically the flavor escapes. You know, also I can't control the grind. You know, I might want uh, a heavier grind for French press, or I might not. You know, if I'm using my automatic drip, I use a finer ground. Um, so, uh, how was the Cuban coffee? It was really good. It's was kind it? of, it reminded me of Turkish coffee. Like it's light, but strong, you know, which kind of fits with Cuban cigars. Um, like that whole flavor profile. I want to touch on something that you, you were just talking about with your touching the beans. Yeah. And it's, um, the enjoyment of these things using all of our senses and not just the taste. Mm-hmm. And we do the same exact thing with cigars, mm-hmm. um, where we pick up the cigar and we, 
admire the rapper with our eyes Mm -hmm. and we smell the you know we smell the foot of the rapper we do the cold draw we taste it um even you know doing the little test to see if it's properly humidified with your ears listening Mm -hmm. to the tobacco um and then obviously you know indulging in and lighting and smoking the cigar but that's the same thing with the beans that you know you're touching the beans right you're listening they cl- yeah. they clack together mm-hmm. um you know they have right yeah yeah um yeah density volume stuff like that you know smelling the beans and then you know looking at you know are they super oily feeling are they super oily and then looking at the kind of the grind size too Mm-hmm. Um, is is it's the same thing. It's the same thing with cigars that we do with with coffee, and we do with food, and we do with you know all of the things that we tend to enjoy. Yeah, is it's not it's not um, it's not a mono sense. Yeah, experience. I mean, how many times have you been annoyed by somebody like smacking their gums while they're eating? Mm-hmm. Why would that annoy you? Right, and the answer is it's a multi sensory experience. Yeah. Um, and uh, have you ever been to like a wine tasting? I have not. So not all the time, but very frequently, they'll actually tink the glass. Mm. Okay. Because they're trying to engage the sense of hearing, even though you can't really hear much more than swishing and, and breathing oxygen in through your teeth. You know, yeah. To uh, taste the wine. Um, even, oh my gosh, when I think of like wine, I think of the uncorking sound. Mm-hmm. And I think of the air, the oxygen going into the bottle as the liquid's coming out. Mm-hmm. The glug, 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 glug. Like that's... Sound right? Yeah. And that's incredible because uh, your sense of sound is not... Yeah. It's not something that you, anyone would associate with tasting a wine. Well, yeah. So like if you're thinking about celebration, right? Just the mood of celebration. What's a sound that comes to mind? Uh, glasses clinking together. Glasses clinking together. Yep. Uh, champagne cork popping. Yep. Right? There's definitely auditory elements to things that we, you know, primarily enjoy through consumption. Yeah. Um, and getting that set and setting right can really elevate your uh, cigar and coffee experience as well. Right? Um, so here's another thing with coffee, the cup. Right? So I've got a uh, sort of unintentional collection of coffee cups that, just picked up over the years. Uh, my favorite is a Harley Davidson mug um, that I got many years ago, and it's got a kind of a wide flat bottom, and then it uh, pinches in the middle and goes back out at the top. So I don't know what that shape is called, but huh. like, like a uh, tempered hourglass. Yeah, like kind of. N- yeah, reverse figurato. <laughs> yeah, it's a reverse figurato. Um, and one of the reasons that I like it is it's thin enough that it doesn't cool the coffee down too much, and it has a handle that I can actually hold, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, fits like, your hand. Yeah, like a, three fingers, not four. I do have massive hands, but, yeah. you know, I can grasp it. But I have some other mugs that, you know, depending on my mood, I'll pick. So I, I have a Gas Monkey Garage uh, mug that I picked up in Texas at Gas Monkey Garage, and it's got like a matte black uh, exterior mm-hmm. with a almost lime green interior Oh, uh, with the white gas monkey logo on it. And that's like kind of my devil may care mug, you know, when I'm pulling that mood. Feeling dangerous? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I have. I wonder if it's clean. I'm going to go. I'm going to go get it here. And from time to time, I will pour my coffee into a crystal whiskey glass. 
Oh yeah, yeah, and that's great. It's great for the temperature. So like the the thicker the material, the faster it cools off the coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe counterintuitive to some people. Um, so the crystal glass, you know, it's thin, and uh, so it holds the the heat well. You got to be careful about burning your hands, but you can kind of hold it up near the top. Um, and it just adds this level of luxury to the experience. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's also like the visual component, right? You're frequently, you're only looking at the top of the coffee. Frequently, you're only looking at the top of the coffee, right? And so you, you see the top, maybe you see the oil on top, but, um, with the crystal glass, right? You're able to see, um, light through it, right? You can see how, how dark it is, the amber color, the, the, um, maybe the striation. Maybe Mm -hmm. you see, oh, like I left some grounds in there. Mm -hmm. Um, well, I really love doing it with crema. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Anything that I prepare like that way in a crystal whiskey glass just looks cool as shit. Oh, yeah. And, of yeah. course, I have the uh, vacuum-sealed double glass wall mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. espresso cups. Oh, I've been, I don't have any of those. I need to get some. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, so it's like, I think similar like when you're pouring a beer into a glass, mm-hmm. right? If you're pouring it into a, like a mug or a stein, that's fine. Um, but, like, it's nice to see... Um, like the actual rising of the the head on a beer. Yeah. Yeah. I just drink my uh, Natty Bow straight out of the fucking can. That's how. <laughs> I, I drink it out of the side of the can. Side of the <laughs> shotgun, baby. Oh, so Nick's got his uh, eyeball mug. Look Here's at looking at you on the outside, and then when you tip it over and look inside, there's a fucking eyeball on a stalk, like in the middle of the car, cu- cup. That's fucking hilarious. That one too. Oh, nice. Tennis, chocolate, and cigarettes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and it's like that old school 1940s, 50s, uh, uh, like tin type branding. That's fucking cool. Faultless in manufacture, pure, delicious, and wholesome. Hershey Chocolate Company. Hershey's tennis, chocolate, and cigarettes. That's There's a fucking <laughs> combination. <laughs> Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I love it. There were um, a couple mugs. I think you've seen them, Nick, um, that I've got. So they were from a Christmas market in frankfurt germany um and for whatever reason the germans love putting clowns on their mugs that's um, creepy as fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like there's this angel clown and like a dwarf clown i don't know if it's intentionally clownish but like bulbous red nose mm-hmm. you know um and but the this the i mean they came up size. with santa and rudolph so the, you yeah, know they yeah. got a thing with there's the a weird thing there oh, right? yeah, yeah. um yeah and so it's i originally got them because they were serving Glühwein out of them, right? And so, um, perfect size. So it's 0.2 liters. So it's like a small, small glass, small mug with a handle on it. Um, but I found that it's like perfect for coffee, right? Because sometimes I want like a massive mug of coffee, but sometimes I just want a quick, small mug. And mm-hmm. um, having like that, that great little size was was fantastic. And the thing that probably bothers me the most is every morning my wife fixes me a fresh coffee to take to work. And puts it in my Yeti mug, and it does a fantastic job mm-hmm. of keeping it hot mm-hmm. on the thirty-minute drive to work. But goddamn, I can't stand drinking coffee out of anything metal. Mm-hmm. To me, it just like I can taste the metal. Yeah, I mean, I can yeah. t- taste the plastic too because yeah. the lid is plastic. Um, but you know, she compensates for that by using really shitty coffee. So <laughs> the, <laughs> the expectations are so low that uh, yeah, <laughs> nothing gets ruined. So. No, I mean, and this gets to like the the um, the different archetypes of cigar smoking, right? There's the different archetypes of of coffee drinking, mm-hmm. um, and like for the everyday coffee drinker, most of us aren't worried about like is this a good 
yeah brand of coffee it's do i know a, the origin of this who was the farmer that, that picked, yeah, yeah you know um, it's, it's like, like a no. vehicle for caffeine yeah that's right that's yeah. right um and so like same with the archetypes uh, for cigar smoking like we go in and out of those two right so like am i in this for just like the daily experience for like the summer or the season or um like maybe i want to spend some more time with this and learn a little bit more about it all right well it's hard to believe we're already up on an hour but uh, we are, and it is time to rank this cigar. So before we uh, do that, some final tasting notes. Uh, Francis, what are your thoughts on this pledge by E.P. Carrillo? Yeah, so it's, I've, I don't know about your experience with it, but I, I've had some, some like distinct changes. I think there's this solid, um, like from the, from the initial cold draw, like those notes are still coming through, right? Mm-hmm. Those have not left. Um, and so I'm still getting that really nice strong cocoa that's been augmented by the coffee we've been drinking. Um, this citrus specifically like the orange peel has like fallen away a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and in its place, I've had more of the peanut, more of the graham cracker, more of the, the sort of rounder, sweeter flavors, um, deeper with the, the, the like more chocolate than cocoa notes now. Mm-hmm. And Nick, how about, uh, how about you? What are you tasting on this pledge by EP Carrillo? I think I think a lot of what Francis said. Um, I, I'm getting the same. I'm, I'm I am also getting. Um, I have so in the box that I aged these in. Uh, I have a decent amount of cedar as well, and I can taste the cedar strips um, in in the flavor of the cigar as well. It's a it's a hint a hint of cedar for mm-hmm. sure. Um, <laughs> yeah right yeah yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that. Uh, it's not like super dark. Like we smoked, we smoked darker flavored cigars, right? Where it's just bitter and um, you know, coffee bean and one hundred percent dark chocolate and stuff like that. But this this does have that like sweetness rounded to it. Um, but it also has kind of like a, a little bit of an earth sweetness as well, like a wood yeah. sweetness. Yeah, yeah, earthy wood. Um, and I would add that, and I'm probably just past halfway point on mine. Um, there's a warmth coming through, mm-hmm. right? Not a heat, you know, not like a cayenne pepper, but like mm-hmm. a warmth, mm-hmm. um, which really elevates it, I think, because some of the flavors like, you know, the, the leather and not the cedar, but definitely the earthy chocolate tones, those are like cool, mm-hmm. cool flavors. Mm-hmm. And there's something, some kind of warmth picking up in here. So that's kind of cool. All yeah, right. Because it's, it's great because there's the... I mean, it's by no means like a delicate, right? So there, there are a lot of, it's intricate. There are a lot of flavors to it, but it's by no means like a light, delicate smoke either. Right, right. It's, it's. I would say it's very bold. Mm-hmm. Definitely lets you know it's there. And then quality of the burn too has been fantastic for me. I've had no need for correction. Burns pretty razor sharp. Um, yeah, we really typically struggle ash. like on a podcast mm-hmm. with like touch ups because yeah. we're talking, right, right? Right. Instead of paying attention to the cigar, uh, it's burned very well, and you can see. You know, we always talk about there's really four colors on your burn line. There's the ash, mm-hmm. and then there's the combustion line, and then there's the line of tobacco that's sort of heated up behind that, and then there's the rest of the wrapper. Um, so we call it two lines: the mm-hmm. combustion line and the smoldering line, I guess. Right. Um, and typically, if a cigar is burning very well and that line is thin, uh, that's a great indicator of age. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one's burning fantastic uh, for me as well. 
smoke output great. Um, the back pressure, draw pressure, spot on. I know uh, that's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I happen to be pretty picky about it, and it's perfect for me. I love that I was able to step aside and pull some shots of espresso um, and not have to worry about it, come back, and the cigar yeah. was still smoking just fine. Yeah. That's right. Credit to how it was stored. Absolutely. All right. So, Nick, what are your thoughts on presentation? I had never seen this color of blue associated with a cigar for the first time that I laid eyes on this box and this cigar. And so this bronze gold um, combination with this deep, dark blue. And then, yeah, and then the the darkness of the wrapper um, and, the, you know, the kind of bronze gold footband as well. Uh, I mean, goodness gracious. Um, I, I can't not give it a 10. Like this is interesting. I, I, I'm not kidding. Like I, the first time I saw this box, we knew about the cigar and I saw it and it was, I like, I just, my jaw dropped. Yeah. I was like, it's that deep blue. I was like, this is incredible. Well, I think that's interesting because I was waiting to see what, uh, you were going to give it. I gave it a 10 as well because I can't think of a way to improve it um the actual cigar itself is drop dead gorgeous Mm -hmm. um the double band the ribbon fits with the branding perfectly the color palette is amazing um i just i can't think of anything to fix which is rare for me because you know graphic design and stuff is kind of my thing um i mean i've picked on everybody i was gonna say we're very picky when it comes to yeah very yeah. i mean even the slightest thing that we can pick up on we do yeah yeah um so 10 from both of us interesting all right how about uh, price now nick uh what's the msrp on the prequel yeah i'd say i'd say between 12 and 13 dollars yeah um respectively obviously as we note in almost every episode taxes and um yeah, yeah. your floor tax locality and, circumstances yeah. you know might differ that but uh a small cigar for twelve to thirteen dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I th- see. This is. I think this is the hardest one. Um, I I don't mind paying this price at all for this cigar. Yeah. Period. Um, I think that Ernesto could charge probably like fourteen or fifteen dollars for it. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I'm it, sure you're right. This price isn't perfect, though. I mean, I'd, I'd, you know, if, yeah. If it was, yeah, if this cigar was nine fifty, it'd be a ten, uh, ten out of ten. But I, you know, I'll give it an, I'll give it an eight. Eight from Nick on price, and I've got a nine for price, and I give it a nine because it's worth the price. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get a ten because I'm a capitalist and I'd like to have it even cheaper. Part, part, so my, my question with, with this kind of scoring, though, is like, do you score differently if it's considered like an everyday smoke versus like a... Yeah, this is not an everyday smoke. Yeah, you ab- know? Absolutely. Like, uh, you know, there's plenty of cigars that at this price point mm-hmm. would be a two. Yeah. You right. know? Right. Um, and there's a few cigars that would be a 10 mm-hmm. at this price point, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then there's some cigars that are underpriced, yeah. and I've taken yeah. points off because they're not positioned in the market well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I can't think of uh, the cigar off the top of my head, but we smoked one on the show, Nick, where you know the the presentation and the experience was really a lot higher than the price, and uh, because of that, 
they're probably not reaching the audience they want to. Uh, so I took took a point off for that. So, and uh, how about construction? Uh, really ideal, really, really ideal. Um, I can't fault it for a whole lot of anything. Um, I I shall give it a ten. Ten from Nick, and I've got a ten. There's not much to add there. The uh, construction was flawless. Uh, nothing flaking off. Nothing to fuck around with my tongue. Uh, burned great. Smoke output was great. Back pressure was great. Hey, how how well did all three of your bands come off? Because that Perfectly. is that Immediately. is we can you know as for construction the. Yeah. As far yeah. as construction goes, right, we can consider that construction. Absolutely, yeah. And the ribbon footband on the bottom came right off. That's hard to do. Um, I've had a handful of cigars where I got frustrated because I couldn't not damage the wrapper taking the mm-hmm. footband off. Looks like they put it on with a fucking come-along. Got Farmer Joe over there with, with a come-along and a chain. Put, put this, yeah, yeah. All right, and uh, flavor. So obviously, flavor is going to be uh, subjective, um, you know. And we kind of rank this on uh, what they were trying to do, as well as how we like it. Um, so, Nick, what are your thoughts on flavor? This is really interesting. I think, uh, especially because these are older cigars, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, undoubtedly the flavor has changed over the past two and a half years mm-hmm. um, of perfect storage condition. Yeah, a uh, couple moves. Yeah. Um, I think the, you know, I think the flavor is awesome. Um, I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind like a tad more punch Mm -hmm. or strength or something along those lines. Um, do I think this cigar has gotten better with age? Uh, I do. Do I think this cigar, um, was really good to begin with? Also, yes. So... Um, it's just like two versions of a really good cigar, right? The, the fresh one and then the, the aged one, Mm -hmm. um, not for everyone and not perfect by any means, but, uh, but I I think it warrants an eight, eight from Nick on flavor. And I've got a nine on flavor. I think the, uh, flavor is superb. I think they nailed it. Um, not right in my wheelhouse, um, but I can see folks giving this a 10. You know, if mm-hmm. this is what they're going for, um, it's just hard to beat this combination, um, you know, if this is your flavor profile. So it also makes me think about um, like when Ernesto first said, all right, it's ready to ship. And then it was held off by eight months. Like how much did that like aging in the factory make a difference too, right? And so, yeah, yeah, yeah just knowing the history on that's pretty cool. And that brings us to our most subjective and most important metric, which is experience. And uh, Nick, what have you got for experience? Yeah, uh, today and any other day with the the EP Korea pledge, uh, the prequel or the sojourn. Um, this will always be a cigar that I I hold fondly in my memory, um, and so it will always and forever be a ten to me. Ten from Nick on experience. So I've got a 10 as well, which is uh, pretty rare from Johnny Midas. Wow, look at um, that. And there's a, a lot of reasons for that. One is that um, this cigar is very versatile. Mm-hmm. You can smoke this as your celebration cigar. You can smoke this as your treat cigar. 
Um, it's definitely not like a dog walker. I wouldn't smoke this while grilling or mowing the lawn or something like that because it's just too special. And for me, the prequel is the perfect size. Mm-hmm. By the time I'm, you know, I've got an inch and a half left on this. And I'm about done. I'm about satisfied. Um, so everything that I look for in a good cigar experience is here. Um, it's one of those cigars that is only elevated by set and setting. Mm-hmm. But it's the kind of cigar that you want to pay attention to. You you want to pay attention to it. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw a couple of things out here, and I just need you to answer yes or no. Uh, red wine with this cigar. The right one, yeah. Bourbon? Probably not. No. No. Really? It would have to be subtle. Yeah, partly because a lot of bourbons are too sweet. I mean, that's partly my palate, but... Steak dinner? Yes. Uh, Like a a mid-afternoon club sandwich? I would say yes. Maybe. Like with a little bit, like a Godiva chocolate bar after? Yes. Yeah, that's the move. Uh, Sunday morning with uh, some espresso. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So there's just a, a whole lot of uh, different ways you can do it. And I lay scotch. Mm-hmm. So that brings our final ranking for the pledge by E.P. Carrillo prequel, 5x50, uh, to 47, which is our highest uh, score by a long shot. Uh, not too many in the 40s, and uh, I think our second highest is a 43, I think. At some point, we're going to post all these online for everybody. Uh, but right now... I think it earned its number one uh, ranking, 98. Um, again, this is made by E.P. Carrillo in their Dominican Republic factory. It has a Habano broadleaf wrapper, Maduro finish. The binder is Ecuadorian. The filler is Nicaraguan. And uh, Francis, thanks for coming out and uh, making some coffee for us. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. A great pairing as well. I mean, this is a great espresso slash coffee cigar for sure. And that's all we've got for you folks. Thanks as always for joining us on Burnline Podcast. We will see you again next week. <laughs> <laughs>